Aloha. Welcome to the Mr. G Podcast. It is Saturday, February 17th, 11-11. Make a wish. I'm coming to you from Honolulu, Hawaii, on the outskirts of Chinatown, uh, where it's 73 degrees. Like I said, 11-11, make a wish. I wish this podcast gets a billion views and listens across all platforms. Today, we're going to continue talking about what we were talking about yesterday. Today is episode number 31 of season two of the Mr. G Hawaii podcast, the Gregory Brandt podcast. On yesterday's episode, we talked about generations, Gen X, Gen Y, Gen Z, the greatest generations, the silent generation, and of course, the notorious Gen X. I was going to say the alpha of the generations, but I didn't want to confuse you with Gen Alpha which is the name of anybody being born now and in the next five years and in the last five years, the previous five years. I don't normally like labels. It starts in high school, you know, that kid's a stoner, that kid's a skater, that kid's a jock, that kid's a nerd. I don't like giving individuals labels because it limits them. I, I mentioned that in my first book, Gonzo Education. However, these generations that we're talking about, they're objective labels. They're the year that you were born. And today's episode, we're going to talk about Gen X. One of the comments I received on one of the uh, clips, the AI clips of yesterday's podcast was somebody from Gen Z or, or millennial. They're like, talk shit about your own generation. Stop talking bad about us. We're going through enough already. And uh, it was kind of funny because it met the stereotype of millennials overreacting and being stressed out. And I got to thinking about that. Okay, that's fair enough. Uh, what are some criticisms of Gen X? And I was sat there in the shower trying to think of criticisms of Gen X. And I couldn't really. All the TikTok memes of the generations, they all joke about how Gen Z uh, can't get a date. Uh, the millennials are hiding uh, in their under their beds and um, boomers uh, don't know how to plug in a phone. And so what is the, the criticisms of Gen X? That's what we're going to talk about today. Uh, but before we do so, I want to talk about somebody uh, that I found out about yesterday, Sean Strickland. He's a uh, professional MMA fighter, and I am not an MMA person fan uh i can't watch it i am a sports fan uh, but mma is something that i've just never been able to get into even living in hawaii where it's extremely popular i cannot wrap my head around it and anytime i've tried to watch it my mind just drifts off mma is not something that i'm a fan of uh, or that i encourage or that i watch but this individual sean strickland uh, i just saw him he came up on different social media, you know, um, uh, he does social media, he does a podcast. And I saw him uh, boxing, sparring with a well-known influencer, Skino, uh, Skipo, Skilo, Skilo, or something or another. And uh, the guy, Sean Strickland, was twice his size and kind of just messing with him. And then I saw Sean Strickland uh, talk smack to Machine Gun Kelly, which was cool. And then I just saw him on a, on a press thing. And I just went down the Sean Strickland rabbit hole. And I'm like, who is this guy? This guy is, is a badass. And apparently, uh, you know, he was a totally different person, uh, you know, five or 10 years ago. 
and uh, he was in a serious motorcycle accident. Uh, and it reminded me of a Bob, the notorious accident Bob Dylan was in, where it just changes his personality. And that's just, there's many stories of that where somebody suffers uh, a head injury through a motorcycle accident and they become a totally different person or it's a, a surprising change in their personality. And you can see the total difference um, from before the accident, after the accident. But what struck me uh, um, as awesome is just how he spoke his mind and a lot of his opinions, many people would not agree with and, and would say that you can't even say that type of stuff nowadays. But freedom of speech is my number one uh, uh, issue. And when Andrew Tate came out a while ago, I, I looked into him a little bit, Andrew Tate. I'm like, oh, okay. The, the, like many people, I found out about Andrew Tate after he was banned on so, all different social medias. And one joke uh, that, that, that's a Gen Z joke that stands in my mind was a meme where they were like, look, Andrew Tate is banned on settings. And then they have the Apple settings icon. And I, I just like think about that joke a lot because I also read a statistic that like nine out of 10 American teenagers have an iPhone. And that was so surprising, nine out of 10. I mean, I know iPhones are popular among young people, but I didn't know they're that popular. Not every teenager has an iPhone 15, but they have some iPhones. Some of them are carrying around iPhone 6s and iPhone 7s, I guess. But nine out of 10 have some sort of iPhone. That's amazing. But back to Andrew Tate. So I was like, okay, this Andrew Tate guy, a lot of things that he says are positive, like taking responsibility for your actions and um, uh, working on and uh, setting and achieving goals. Um, but also Andrew Tate, a lot of it just comes off as phony and somebody that knows better, knows that this isn't the type of person that grew up uh, that has experiences that can, uh, you know, um, teach about being a man or being a tough individual. Uh, Sean Strickland is the opposite. When you see strong Sean Strickland, you can tell this person has been through some shit. You see Sean Strickland talk about his father. He's like, yeah, my father was an asshole. And I'm like, oh, that's rare. My father was an asshole too. Rarely do you have somebody that's being listened to by other people. Thank you for listening to the Mr. G Hawaii podcast or watching it right now. Rarely do they say, oh, my father was a son of a bitch. My father was an asshole. Normally, if you're in that position that have people listening to you, your father was a decent person. That's like one of the uh, number one predecessors for success is having a father in your life. The majority of people in prison did not have fathers in their lives. So you can tell Sean Strickland has been through some shit. Unlike Andrew Tate, where you can see it's all a facade where Andrew Tate's not the real deal. He has a high-pitched voice. He's not a really tough dude, really. He's a real phony guy. He reminds me of the character Tom Cruise played in one of my favorite movies, Magnolia. And if you haven't seen Magnolia, it's an awesome film and it's Tom Cruise's best role. Uh, Tom Cruise is like an infomercial uh, womanizer guru and he teaches men how to uh, womanize and take advantage of women. And, um, and it's like Andrew Tate based his character on this Magnolia character because you can just see how phony it is. Like, I wouldn't be surprised Obviously, Andrew Tate is a normal straight man. And yes, Andrew Tate is tough. And Andrew Tate could kick my ass. He's a professional fighter. And oh, I wouldn't say this to Andrew Tate's face. Yes, I would if he you know, wouldn't fight me. 
if my words didn't hurt him so much, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words would never hurt me. You know, uh, the same way, like Sean Strickland is intimidating. That's why, like, I, I think like, oh, I, I wouldn't ever be friends with somebody like Sean Strickland, but he actually is one of the rare people that I would be friends with, but he was, would, would be one of the rare people <laughs> that I would be friends with that is also a killer. Very few people I would be friends with, Elon Musk, Sean Strickland, Spidey, um, that guy from the Y Tales, I think on the on YouTube channel that does the uh, uh, the uh, show with the little goldfish, the uh, the Y Files. Uh, I think the uh, five of us should go on an expedition and go find the Ark of the Covenant and the Holy Grail. Uh, you know, Sean Strickland will be the resonant tough man. Spidey will be the comic relief. I'll be the uh, captain. And Elon will be the funds of the journey and also the, the leader. I'll be the captain and he'll be the leader. How about that? And we'll have a really fun and great trip recovering the Ark of the Covenant. But uh, Sean Strickland, yeah, he seems like a really uh, awesome dude. And, you know, it, uh, it makes me want to uh, watch his next fight on MMA, even though I'm, I'm totally not uh, an MMA fan. One thing that I tweeted, I followed all of him on social media because he does like social media. Obviously, when he's done fighting, he's going to continue his career with podcasting and whatnot. And one thing I tweeted um, yesterday was uh, uh, Sean Strickland is the man Andrew Tate wishes that he was. And I really like that. And it, it does. It's a it's a funny tweet, but it's it's also accurate. And I actually got that from a tweet that I read that said Radiohead is the band. Coldplay wishes that they were so uh, now Sean Strickland is the man Andrew Tate wishes that he was and uh, Radiohead is the band Coldplay wishes that they were so you know it'd be funny I can picture uh, you know SNL doing a parody of Andrew Tate and he's like oh, I'm tough and this is what you got to do and he's all in front of the camera and then they're like cut and then he comes off and he's like a flamboyant gay guy. He's like, oh, thank you. How did I do? Oh, you did so well. His brother's really like his gay partner. He's like, oh, you did so well. Let me powder your face. Like, oh, that's so thank you, thank you, thank you. You know, uh, I don't need to know much about Andrew Tate. But one thing is, like I said, when he first came out, I was like, oh, okay, freedom of speech. And I supported a lot of things that he said. But then I did the litmus test, which is, okay, what does he think about cats? All right. And so I go, Andrew Tate cats. And then he has this thing. He's like, oh, cats aren't cool. You know, I'm a tough, tough guy. And, and tough guys don't like cats. You know, every time you see a cat guy petting a cat, it's just not cool. You know, and it's like, uh, like, screw you, dude. And uh, then, then after I was looking up Sean Strickland yesterday, I'm like, OK, Sean Strickland, he sounds like a really awesome dude. Let's see what he, he says about cats. And I was like, Sean Strickland cats. And then it says Sean Strickland uh you know, comes out and criticizes uh, Hasbulla of the cat abuse video. And Hasbulla is like that little midget that was popular on Instagram and social media. Oh, a little person, not midget. And uh, he's like popular in the MMA and he's always like fighting. He's like a little guy and he's like all cute. And he's like 30 years old. But he looks like he's like 10. And he's been on all these different talk shows and stuff. But there's vid this video came out of him literally abusing a cat and not many people came out to say anything bad about Hasbulla because he's so uh, well loved but Sean Strickland uh, with the did not give a fuck attitude was like no that's fucked up you don't fucking hurt a little cat that's the one of the worst things that you could do is hurt an animal 
or whatever he did, he came out and spoke out about it. And any any person that does that is a is a okay in a in an a okay in my book. So he got the litmus check of approval. And so that's why, even though Sean Strickland is a killer, he's one of the only killers I would ever be friends with. So uh, shout out to Sean Strickland. He's an awesome dude. All right. Um, so negative stereotypes of Gen X. All right. Gen X, as, as I was talking about, they're, you know, considered highlight. But some things about Gen X, they're known as bleak, cynical, and disaffected. And that's kind of the summary of the 90s. When you look at the popular music of the 90s, when I grew up in the 90s, I was born in 1979, so I'm at the very end of Gen X. But during the 90s, it was cool to be uncool. Bands like Nirvana and Soundgarden, and it was cool to be depressed and 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 weary and dreary. And um, that's something that's unlike other generations. Uh, financial pressure from the rising cost of higher education and healthcare, as well as ballooning student loan balances have weighedly heavenly. Uh, they're, they're known as the nihilistic generation or Gen Xers um, are the first slacker generation um, as Richard Linkletter's comedic and uh, essentially plotless 1991 film Slacker. If somebody asked me what my favorite movie is, I, as a good answer is Slacker, Richard Linkletter's first film. My first book, Gonzo Education, takes place in the same area as the Richard Linkletter's film Slacker around the University of Texas campus off of Guadalupe Street. And that movie is free on YouTube, Richard Linkletter's film Slacker, his very first movie. So watch it right now. Um, <clears throat> uh, people would portray them as the, friend, as the uh, friends generation rather than self-involved. But Gen Xers are, you know, like I said, um, apathetic. Another movie is Ben Stiller's 1994 film Reality Bites. It sought to capture the zeitgeist of the generation with portrayal of the attitudes and lifestyle choices of the time. Negative stereotypes of Gen X young adults continued, including that they were bleak, cynical, and disaffected. In 1998, such stereotypes prompted socialist research at Stanford to study the accuracy of the characterization of Gen X young adults as cynical and disaffected. The researchers compared answers to identical survey questions asked of 18 to 29 year olds in three different time periods. Additionally, they compared how older adults answered the same survey questions over time. The surveys showed 18 to 29 year old Gen Xers did exhibit higher levels of cynicism and disaffection than previous cohorts not just the young adult males, making this period effect a cohort effect of the entire generation. A lot of people call Gen X the sandwich generation because they came after baby boomers and before millennials. So Gen Xers were old enough to use technology, um, but uh, they weren't uh, old enough to appreciate it maybe. What do other people think of Gen X? Gen Xers are typically described as resourceful and independent. Traits partly stemming from the latchkey childhood, as well as keen on maintaining work-life balance, perhaps due to the witnessing the demands of their parents' work and subsequent absence from family life. So Gen Xers are the generation that are known to have latchkey, meaning that they have, uh, their parents were always at work and they had a key around their neck. And uh, Gen Xers were known to just uh, you know, be gone from morning until night. 
And even after that, sometimes, sometimes all night and riding the bikes all around the city or wherever you're in the country or wherever you lived, uh, drinking from garden hoses, lighting off firecrackers, uh, using slingshots, uh, whatever you could uh, come up with. But in the workplace, um, like I said, they're described as very resourceful and independent. Um, they also are known to have an easygoing approach. In fact, 79% of Gen X say they've forgotten in the workplace, overshadowed by younger millennials and Gen Z, and also older workers, boomers. Like I said, they're known as the sandwich generation. The boomers, they're the oldest generation that are around, basically, that are still working, and uh, Gen Xers. Uh, may find it difficult to relate to different priorities and goals of both their older and younger co colleagues, uh, potentially leading to feelings of isolation and disconnection. Along with practicality, skepticism plays a significant role in how Gen X views the world. This generation's formative years were marked by significant, significant shifts in political and social norms leading to a cautious approach to institutions and authority. So, um, like I said, they, there's uh, Gen X are known to be uh, distrusting of authority and institutions. Um, expenses and competing financial needs pile on for Gen X while they're also in their key wealth building years. Gen Xers are most likely generation to say money has a negative impact on their mental health as they juggle working and caregiving. And when you look at that, the baby boomers are supposedly had the previous generation had it the best uh, where they were able to take advantages, at least in the United States of World War II and uh, having the best economy that ever existed. Um, you could work at a fast food restaurant and afford a house if you were part of the baby boomer generation. The very next generation, Gen X, not the case, not the case at all. Why are Gen Xers depressed? Well, uh, Sarah Miller of the New York Times wrote a really great article, and I'll just read part of it, the first paragraph. I was born in 1969, and I have feelings about generations. They include what leads millions of people of us to see the notebook so many times and then to complain about having done so. Why are we having a conversation about whether it's okay to pull out your phone during a movie in a theater? Because there is only one answer to this question, and it is no way. And punching older, why is Eric Clapton on tour and Sinead O'Connor and Kurt Cobain are dead? All right. So we'll, we'll, we'll skip her. But there are other terminology. The main generations, the silent generation, there are a few left. The greatest generation. The greatest generation came before the silent generation. The silent generation is 1926 to 1945. Baby boomers, 1946 to 1964. Gen X, what we cover today, 1965 to 1980. <clears throat> Millennials, 1981 to 1996. Zoomers, Gen Z, 1997 to 2012. And Gen Alpha, 2010s to mid 2020s. Now there are other generations that are inside these generations. So the beat generation refers to popular cultural movement, Jack Kerouac, William Burroughs, Allen Ginsberg, uh, famous writers of the counterculture of the 1960s. And it consisted of Americans born between the two world wars who came of age at the rise of the automobile era 
and the surrounding accessibility they brought to the cultural diverse yet geographically broad and separated nation. Uh, one of my favorite books is On the Road by Jack Kerouac. Uh, it was shortly after all the freeways were built across the mainland United States, um, or a few of the freeways were built during that time, Eisenhower. And uh, that book is about Jack Kerouac and uh, uh, three different trips he took driving across the United States. It's probably the best road trip book um, you could ever buy. Generation Jones is a term coined by Jonathan Pontel to describe the cohort of people born between 1954 and 1965, primarily in English-speaking countries. Uh, the MTV generation, a term referring to adolescents and young adults of the 1980s and 1990s. Uh, Gen X uh, would refer to the MTV generation. It's often used synonymously. In Europe, a variety of terms, um, depending on you know different political movements. Now, what I, I was born in 79 on the cusp of Gen X. Uh, and when I graduated, graduated college till I was 30 uh, in 2010. Um, and I went, so I went to college with all millennials. When I taught high school, I taught all Gen Z. Um, so personally, even though I'm officially Gen X born in late 1979, uh, seeing my two older sisters who are twins, they're four years older than me, they're definitely Gen X. But having spent seven years in college, all with millennials, um, I feel like, you know, part of both generation and they're actually a term for that. I was calling it a zennial. It's spelled X-E-N-N-I-A-L-S. So I'm just going to call it a Xennial, an Xennial Oregon Trail generation. Do you remember the Oregon Trail? and Generation Catalano are terms used to describe individuals born during Generation X slash millennial cusp years. X annuals is a portmanteau blending the words Generation X and millennials to describe a micro generation of people born between the late 1970s to early 1980s. That would be me, the double dare generation, the slime, you can't do that on television generation. Put something in the comments if you remember Double Dare or you can't do that on television. Now, the reason I'm pronouncing it X-E-N-N-I-A-L-S X -E -N -N -I -A -L -S, is because I learned there's another term uh, called Azeal-Enials, Z-I-L-L-E-N-N-I-A-L-S. And this is known as the Snapchat generation or Minion Z are terms to describe individuals born during the millennial generation. Z cusp years, zillennials is a portmanteau blending the words millennials and Gen Z to describe a micro generation of people born from the early 1990s to early 2000s. So what do you guys think? What generation are you? I appreciate your listening, the Mr. G podcast, Mr. G Hawaii podcast, the Gregory Brandt podcast. It's available wherever you listen to podcasts. Share it with a friend. And thank you for listening. Have a great day. Come back tomorrow for a new episode. We'll go over uh, criticisms of uh, boomers. You're going down, boomers. Tomorrow, you're going down, boomers. Boomers going down tomorrow, guys. Aloha.